welcome to episode four of the Glamorgan Cricket Podcast from GlamorganCricket.com. I'm your host, Peter Miller, and in this episode of the podcast, there will be a rundown of the cricket in the last couple of weeks, a chat with Breakthrough Player of the Year, David Lloyd, an interview between Nick Webb of the BBC and new signing Dale Stain, and then Chris Cook takes on the dreaded Brain of Glam quiz. A change, they say, is as good as a rest, and when Glamorgan took on Essex in the county championship after a T20 net in the period leading up to the game, they seem to be playing with a lot more freedom. There was a real concern that the same issues of an underperforming top order were still plaguing the team after the first innings when Glamorgan found themselves struggling at 164 for seven on a pitch that was green but playing well. From there on, there was a real turnaround. Lower order runs from Craig Mester and Andrew Salter helped Glamorgan eke out a total of 260. It was less than they should have got, but it kept them in the game. Then they bowled well to restrict Essex to 313, a total much closer to par on this surface. Tim van der Hoogden got his first five-wicker haul for Glamorgan as he pounded out 32 overs in the innings, more than any other bowler. Essex were helped by twin 80s from Ravi Bopara and Tom Wesley, but they never got out of sight. When it was Glamorgan's turn to bat second time around, they put together their best batting performance of 2016. They lost Shaq Rudolph early when he fell for a duck, but from there they put on three successive century stands with Will Bragg's 161 not out the linchpin, a career best for him. There was a 40 for Mark Wallace as an opener and 50s for Chris Cook and an Iron Donald. The game ended as a draw, but Glamorgan were the side that would have felt more positive. In other circumstances, if they hadn't had quite such a rough start to their Red Bull season, they might very well have decided to declare a bit earlier and have a bit more of a go at bowling out Essex. But by the fourth day, the pitch was very, very flat, and a winning draw was probably better from a confidence point of view than going for the win and not quite getting there. From then on, it has been T20 with three matches taking place. The first was away to Surrey in front of the Sky cameras, and van der Hoogden was in the wickets again as Surrey were bowled out for 93. Van der Hoogden took four for 14, dismissing Kumar Sangakara in the process. And then Glamorgan went on to chase down that target of 94 in just 12 overs with welcome runs for Rudolph, who finished on 34 not out. The next match was at home to Essex, and despite a maiden T20-50 for Donald, it ended in a loss. Glamorgan could only manage 140 as they struggled for timing against the medium pace of David Masters and Ravi Bopara. Dale Stane made his debut, and he could have had a wicket with his very first ball when he found Bapara's edge, but Donald couldn't hold on to a very sharp chance at second slip. Runs for Jesse Ryder and Tom Wesley meant that the visitors had no trouble in chasing down the tail. The next match was also a T20 and also at home against a very strong Hampshire side, and it was almost a mirror image of the previous match, except that this time it was Glamorgan that bowled first and won. A brilliant effort with the ball from Michael Hogan saw him claim 4 for 28 as he ripped the Hampshire top order apart. Then Dale Stain returned at the end of the innings to clean up the Hampshire tail with figures of 3 for 22, his first wickets for the club. Yet another 50 for Donald, his third in four innings across formats, and 43 from Colin Ingram, who returned from his knee injury for the T20 blast, helped Glamorgan win. Ingram is back and has already made an impact on the side. He hit his very first ball that he'd faced of the season for six against Surrey, and it's excellent news to see him back in the team. His experience and ability to score quickly will be a huge difference to the side going forward. As things stand, Glamorgan are top of the 2020 blast table after three games. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Next up, it's Gloucestershire in the Royal London One Day Cup before a T20 against the same opponents the following Friday, and there's a match in the One Day Cup against Sussex in between. 
hopefully this is the point where the season turns around for Glamorgan after a really disappointing start in the four-day stuff in the first six weeks of the season. So let's hear from Dale Stain. He chatted with the BBC's Nick Webb shortly after he arrived in Cardiff. He hadn't yet played a game for Glamorgan, but he still had some interesting things to say. Over to Dale. Dale, welcome to uh, Wales. How did the move to Glamorgan come about? Um, interesting story, actually. Uh, Mone Moko, I think, was supposed to come over. Uh, I don't know if anybody knew about that, but um, he was supposed to come over, and uh, he got selected to go to the Caribbean, and I was uh, rested from the Caribbean. But I really just wanted to get out and play some cricket, so... It's interesting that he called me up and um, we were just talking about, you know, that tour specifically. And I said to him, I didn't know what I was going to do. And he said, well, maybe you should get all the Jock Rudolph because uh, I, I was going to go over to Glamorgan and play a little bit of cricket. And I was like, oh, really? And I think within an hour of that conversation, I was on the phone to you, Morris. And by the next day, I was on my way to go and get a visa. And about a week later, I had that. And here I am right now. So, yeah, um, exciting little story. But... Um, I'm just excited to be here, you know, I just really want to get back onto the park. I haven't played a lot of cricket this year, so uh, the story of getting here is, is interesting, but um, at the end of the day, I'm here, you know. <laughs> I've two travel problems, did you? Um, look, <laughs> India is amazing because, uh, you know, in the, in the IPL, I think we had 36 domestic flights in the 40-plus days that we were there, so uh, the traveling part really doesn't bother me anymore. I <laughs> just get on with it. <laughs> That's a lot of flying for, um, unfortunately, not a lot of cricket for yourself. What sort of experience was the IPL then, watching all this razzmatazz and, unfortunately, only bowling a few overs during the course of it? Yeah, look, I've played nine years of IPL. Um, I've seen it all. Um, I can say almost seen it all, I guess. Um, yeah, you know, our side was based up with that uh, our Indians were our bowlers, our strong uh, bowlers, and our overseas were mainly our batters. So. It falls that you can only play the four overseas, and unfortunately, you know, I had to sit on the sideline, but it's okay. Um, it kind of gives you a different perspective of cricket, you know. I, I, you tend to learn all the time, whether you're on the field or off the field. I managed to sit down in the dugout and spend a lot of time with guys like Hodgie, Heath Streak, and just watch the game from the side. Uh, I was saying earlier to one of the other journalists, it was quite nice to be able to sit back and, and not have that pressure of having to go out there and perform and win games. That can be... It can be quite overwhelming sometimes to have to continually go out there and win games as a pro in a in a team. And I watched like Brendan McCullum and them, and you can see if they get out at the end of the game, there's a lot of pressure on them. And I I, I didn't have that, you know. So um, it was nice to sit back. I got my training done, a couple new tricks in the arsenal with slower balls and so on. A little bit of a different kind of IPL for me. Um, but yeah, ready to go. Bowling fast, body's good. And, uh, and I just really want to get back on the park and play some cricket now. How much do you know about uh, Glamorgan from the South African boys already here then? Yeah, I spent last night with Jock Rudolph at his house, had dinner there. Um, we were just chatting in general about uh, Cardiff, the, the ground here, uh, Glamorgan, how well the boys are doing last year, um, how it's been a little bit different this year. Uh, I think they won, won four in the bounce last year, drew the first four games, so they did really well. Uh, they had a pretty small squad, I believe, last year. So this year they've, they've changed things up. Now, top of the log in the T20 right now, one, one game. Um, but, you know, that can, that can carry on. You know, if you win another one and you, and you build some kind of momentum, uh, you can keep that momentum going. So hopefully I can come over in the next month. We can do really well. And you were saying you managed to uh, catch Glamorgan's opening game against Surrey on the TV? I did, yeah. It came on pretty late um, there in India, but as it is, the game's finished at about half past 11 uh, at night there, so you're still awake until 2, 3 in the morning. Um, so I ended up just sitting there in my bed watching the whole game uh, and uh, played really well, actually. Yeah. 
And Glamorgan's uh, first game at home against Essex, one of your uh, former counties. Yeah, interesting. Um, I've never played against Essex. You know, I, I, I was over here about ten years ago, and I played for nine years ago. I played for Warwickshire, but we never played against Essex. So it's going to be really cool. You know, I started off my first county that I played for was Essex, and that was with guys like Ravi Bapara, Alistair Cook, and we were just lighties back then, all kids. You know, we were young. I think they were about nineteen at the time. You know. Um, and these guys have gone on to do amazing things. Cookie, first English uh, batter to score 10,000 runs the other day. That's that's incredible. You know, I know he's probably not going to be playing tomorrow night. Um, but I mean, it's it's quite a journey. You know, uh, Ravi's played for England. He's done really well. Um, I think he's captaining Essex right now. So it's nice to to play against those guys who you've played against when you were young. Hopefully, I can get him out again. I've done it a couple of times before. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you mentioned the pressure on overseas players in India? What about the the pressure over here? Because you know you're obviously the big name signing for the next uh, half dozen games. Fast bowler gets four overs, twenty four balls to get it right and blast a few out. Yeah, look, I, look, that's the ideal thing. You know, you want to run in and you want to take wickets, and um, I don't want to go for any runs, but I can't guarantee that. You know. Uh, something that I can guarantee is I'll come over with a lot of energy. Um, I'll do what I can to build the side on and off the field, um, and then just give my best on the field. You know, when I have the ball in my hand, anything can happen. I can bowl a bad ball and get a wicket. I can bowl a good ball and can get nicked for four. That is out of my control. But um, yeah, hopefully in the next month, if uh, things go well, uh, you know, we can win a couple games. Personally, I can do well. Uh, the club will enjoy it. We'll get some crowds in. And I can uh, achieve that objective. Um, but like I say, I can't. Uh, I can't guarantee success, but I, I can do everything I can to try and do that. Memories of uh, this ground from the Champions Trophy a couple of years back. Yeah, I was chatting to someone earlier and saying one memory was our bold Marlon Samuels. Yeah, and then just before the rain came down, I think Kyron Pollard played probably the worst shot in his career, and I got him caught at third man. And as we went out to the middle to celebrate, it started raining. We walked off the field, game tie, and we went on to the semi-final, and they were out of the competition. So, um, yeah, some good memories here. I can even remember where I caught that ball down over there somewhere. So, yeah, just looking forward to getting back out on there. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. What's the plan from now on then? Because you're uh, off to Jamaica for a few games and then back into the uh, Test Series, hopefully? Yeah, so we've got from Yago over to the CPL, play a little bit more cricket. Um, just haven't played any cricket this year, you know. After breaking my shoulder against England, uh, I don't think many people knew what actually happened. I played in Durban and I broke the broke a bone in my shoulder, so I was out for quite a while. Um, South African side was doing really well in their 2020 team, so they didn't want to change that up much. So when I went to the World Cup, I missed out there, um, missed out in the IPL. So I've spent this whole year not playing any cricket. Um, so I just wanted to catch up on as much cricket as I can. Come over here, play some games for Glamorgan, hopefully do well. From here, go to the CPL play a little bit more cricket and then go back home I think we've got a couple weeks off and then New Zealand come for the test matches and then that's when things really get crazy you know, we play tests against New Zealand ODIs against Australia which hopefully I'll be a part of test matches against Australia in Australia of which one could possibly be a day night test match it's quite exciting and then Sri Lanka at the end of the year so yeah a lot of cricket to to happen from now on but um, with the, the non amount of cricket that I've been played I really want to just get uh, get some overs under the belt right now Next up is a chat with David Lloyd, who's been fantastic throughout this season, scoring his maiden first-class hundreds and performing well with bat and ball. I spoke to him just before the game against Hampshire, where he was opening the batting. Here he is. So, joined here by David Lloyd, who's having an absolutely fantastic, I'm going to say breakthrough season so far. How are you finding things? What's different this year to previous years from your point of view? Um, well, yeah, the first the first season I started, it was... Um 
wasn't the best start to my career. So yeah, I spent a lot of time in the nets and working hard, changed my game, technique, and I suppose last season I it improved quite a lot and it was a good season for me with the bat and ball. And then obviously the confidence from that coming into this season again has also made me feel like I can do it at this level and hopefully consistently as well. So obviously from your point of view, you've had a lot of success in the Red Bull stuff, made two first class hundreds and a 99. For you, is that just a kind of a coming together of all the things that you've worked on rather than actually being, I mean, do you, do you feel any different out in the middle than you did now? Or is it just that you feel that finally think you're starting to work out how to do it at this level? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I obviously feel a bit more confident. Um, also, I suppose the players and coaching staff having the belief as well also is a big a big help. And um, yeah, it's just going out there and trying to perform to the best you can. And so far it's, it's working and hopefully I can keep it going for the rest of the season. Obviously a big boost from your point of view to be given the opening slot in the 2020s. Is that something that you're relishing and really looking forward to? Is it something that has been... I suppose, when were you told that you were going to be doing it and how do you feel about it? Um, I was told the week before our first game um, because I mentioned it in one of my appraisals because I did it for the second team the last few years and it's been it's worked out quite well but obviously it's a different different standard and a different level. Um, but yeah, the last few seasons I haven't really... I've been batting 7, 8 and 9 and not really had a go so I think being at the top of the order it allows me to play my normal game and yeah, hopefully get the team off to a good start. We need to talk about the game at Surrey, which was, I didn't make it, unfortunately, watched it on the telly, but that was quite good fun to watch. I mean, you guys just absolutely obliterated them. Yeah, it was it was surreal, really, because they had quite a good start. I think they were 20-odd off two overs, and then literally they just tumbled and, yeah, fielding. It was kind of crazy seeing it all happen, and our bowlers bowled really well, and we fielded well as well, and with the batting, we, we were quite aggressive, and we did the job yeah, quite quickly. Well, it must have been nice to, one, get that win, but also get that massive run rate boost in the first game. I mean, you guys were sat at the top of the table having played one game, you know, plus three points something. Yeah, well, when you are chasing low scores, I suppose getting it done as quickly as possible can be a benefit towards the end of the campaign, which hopefully it can, we can keep it up. Well, the, the man probably most responsible for it has been Tim van der Hoogten, who's arrived over the winter. Is he what you were expecting when you told that you were having a Dutch international turning up and playing for the club? Um, to be honest, I hadn't really seen seen him play before. And when he came over, he, he had a nice action. He bowled well in, in the, the warm-up games, but maybe didn't have the luck he deserved. Um, in the four-day stuff, he's been brilliant the last couple of games. He's bowling quick and he's taking wickets, which is good for us. And he also did it in Surrey, which, again, is great for our bowling unit. And I have to ask you about Dale Stain's arrival in the side. Obviously, massive name, hugely experienced. How's he fitted in with the group? Has he settled in as a glammy boy? Yeah, he seems to have fitted in straight away. Um, he's a nice person and obviously he's got bags of experience at, at the highest level and um, all the players are, are trying to learn some tips off him and stuff like that. Have you had a chat with him about scene bowling? Obviously, something that has come on for you over the last yeah. year or so. Uh, no, nothing yet, no. I've been more facing them in nets. Um, the first time was a bit interesting, that, but yeah, it's, it's surreal facing someone you watch on TV destroying teams and you're in the nets at the other end facing them. It's it's a um, good experience, but hopefully yeah, I can get some tips with the red ball stuff off him and yeah, see what he says. 
Should have been a wicket his first ball as well, really. Ravi Bapara edged a slip. It was a bit unfortunate. It would have been a nice start yeah, for the lad. It would have been a great start for him. Um, to be fair, I think he went at a good pace to an Ivan at second slip. And I thought he was still going to catch it because he kind of palmed it in the right direction. But yeah, couldn't quite get there. Good luck for tonight against Hampshire. Thank you very much for your time talking to me. And long may it continue. Hopefully, already nearly your best season ever from a statistical point of view. So more of the same, please. Thank you. Cheers. Last and by no means least, we speak to Chris Cook. Have a quick chat with him about the season so far. And also he takes on the quiz. This again was just before the game against Hampshire. And hopefully his performance in the quiz was what boosted his confidence as he scored some runs against Hampshire. Here's Chris. Joining me now is Chris Cook. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Uh, living the dream, tasting the rainbow, all those good things. So I briefly want to chat with you about the 2020 so far, and then you're going to be the next contestant on the Brain of Glam quiz, which I'm sure is probably going to be... I mean, I know that you're playing against Shai Freedy and Darren Sammy in an hour and a half, but probably this is more exciting, right? Far more exciting. Really looking forward to it. Good, good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So, first off, how have you found the reset for 2020? Um, obviously, a great result against Surrey, um, and with you wicket-keeping as well, taking a stunning catch to dismiss Kumar Sangakara. That must have been nice. Yeah, it's been obviously very up and down so far after two games, but um, the, the wicket-keeping is going all right, and um, I think I would have got a bit of stick if I dropped um, Kumar there at the Oval, so glad I, I hang on to that one. But um, no, we got um, a big crowd coming tonight, sun's out, so hopefully we can go 2-1. and one. Awesome. So from your point of view, obviously keeping wicket, the bowling attack's pretty potent this year in the certainly in the you know I mean all formats really you've had Tim who's come in and I think surprised most people and then Dale as well how was it keeping wicket to what many people consider to be the best bowler of this generation and and Dale Stain <laughs> it's a little bit of a big up for Tim now, how, did, how was it keeping to how was it keeping to Dale well just back on that Tim's obviously been brilliant but um, I've picked a good campaign to, to keep in with Dale coming in here as um, obviously the former number one test player in the world um, and it's just been an awesome experience and I think one I'll look back on and think you know that was that was really good and um, hopefully we can get a few nicks tonight and, uh, and a few court cook bowled uh, stains be all right wouldn't it and then there was i mean like you said it's been a bit up and down you didn't get much of a if any of a chance to bat in the game against surrey which was obviously a bit of an obliteration of them but you got out there for the game against essex the other night it seemed to me and certainly you were saying to me just briefly afterwards after the game that the pitch seemed to change a bit in terms of how it performed under sunlight and then under lights is that what you guys felt after the game yeah, we did feel that a little bit, but we also felt that we didn't bat very well in the second half of our innings. We were probably 25 runs short. We lost momentum at the wrong time. Um, so having said that, maybe 160 wouldn't have been enough anyway, and it did seem to slip on a bit under lights, which it can do here, and some days it doesn't, so we'll just have to see how it goes tonight. But um, yeah, we lost momentum at the wrong time, and, and hopefully we can resurrect that tonight. So... From your point of view, I mean, how exciting is it? I know there's, we've already said about how you're playing with Stain, but how good is it to be playing against, you know, guys like Shida Freedy who will be playing against tonight? Is that kind of the boyhood dream kind of thing? Yeah, it is. It's amazing. Um, obviously, you know, I'm not that old now, so I've grown up watching some of these guys play, um, and to be playing against them and, and putting your talents against them is, is, a, is a brilliant feeling. And, um, yeah, it's um, obviously we would like to beat them tonight, um, and they're just another player, and they're just another guy bowling a ball or, or trying to hit a ball. So um, 
obviously it's great, but we'll, we'll be looking to um, put them to the sword tonight. And Darren Sammy probably going to be in the 11 as well, which is a guy who you guys will know pretty well. Yeah, DJ Sammy, Sammy for Glammy, all that stuff. He was a real hit down here. And um, um, yeah, hopefully he doesn't hit too many balls into the taff and, um, and we can knock him over quite quickly. Perfect. Right, it's quiz time. Hang on, let me put some time on the clock. The record so far at the moment the highest score is 11 and that that was made we've had two players make 11 haven't we so there's been waggy and david david lloyd have both got 11 and then uh young nye did it last week and got eight so i think uh, that's not good what's the sport question it's cricket all cricket all cricket uh some glamorgan some county stuff some international stuff we'll see how you go right so there's 90 seconds on the clock here we go you know just just get nine that's the target, isn't it? Okay. Right, here we go. So, first question. Who made his maiden 2020-50 for Glamorgan against Essex this week? Naren Donald. Correct. Which county has a shark mascot? Sussex. Correct. What's the name of the Glamorgan mascot? Dowie. Correct. Which batsman has the most test runs since the 1st of January 2010? Steve Smith. Alistair Cook. Which bowler has the most wickets in test cricket since 2010? James Anderson. Correct. Which Sri Lankan bowler took his 300th test wicket in the second test at Durham this week? Hengana Harath. Excellent pronunciation and correct. What is the maximum number of wickets that can fall in one over? Six. Ten. Who was Glamorgan's leading wicket taker in white ball cricket in 2015? Dean Costco. Correct. Which West Indian is opening the batting for Somerset in the 2020 Blast? Chris Gale. Correct. Who will be coming to replace Dale Stain for Glamorgan in the 2020? Sean Tate. Sean Tate. Correct. Who was the leading wicket taker in this season's IPL? Um, pass. Boovy Kumar. Which county play at the Rose Bowl? Hampshire. Correct. Which city would you find the One Cady Stadium? Mumbai. Correct. Who has the record for the most first-class runs in a season for Glamorgan? Hugh Morris. Correct. Which batsman scored 202 not out against Glamorgan this season? Dolivera. Correct. Which county did Graham Gooch play for? Essex. Correct. One more. What is the nickname of Yorkshire coach Jason Gillespie? Dizzy. Yes, correct. So that was that was pretty good, Cookie. I make that 14, which brings you to the top of the leaderboard, which at the moment you're top and then tied for second place is uh, David Lloyd and Graham Wagg. And then in fourth place at the moment is an Iron Donald. So happy with that? Yeah, just a um, bit disappointing from the other three, considering I spent the first 24 years of my life in South Africa and not in England. So, um, there are a lot of county cricket questions there. So they really need to pull their socks up, don't they? I think, once again, you've shown why we need to have South African imports in, in county cricket to bring the standards up. Well, exactly. The proof's in the pudding. <laughs> Cheers, Cookie. Thank you very much and good luck for tonight, mate. Cheers. And that's where episode four of the Glamorgan Cricket Podcast comes to an end. I've been your host, Peter Miller. If you have anyone that you particularly want to hear from or any questions that you have for anyone, please do feel free to tweet me at the Cricket Geek or tweet the club at Glam Cricket and we'll see what we can sort out. I'm hopeful that we'll have a bit more time with Dale Stain before he disappears off to the Caribbean having finished his stint with the club. But we'll be back with more of the same next week. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. <laughs>